to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe Podcast, I have Dr. Marisa Snyder, who is an expert on essential oils. Now, I've never had somebody who talks about essential oils or who knows or an expert about essential oils on the show before, so I'm really excited to talk with Dr. Marisa Snyder about it because, as you know, I'm all about self-healing, about very natural products about doing things that are different from what the drug companies are pushing on us. So essential oils, Dr. Marisa Snyder is an expert on them. She is a multi-time author. So she really knows her stuff on essential oils and I'm excited to get to chat with her today. So without further ado, here we go on the podcast. This is All Around Joe dot com slash 173 if you want to pick up the show notes today for this podcast and I'm going to have a bunch of links to Dr. Marisa Snyder's information. So let's do this. All right, Marisa, how's it going today? It's going good. How are you? I am awesome. Tell us where you're at today. I am in, well, rainy San Diego today. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I didn't even realize it rained in San Diego. I had no idea. I feel like I've completely been you know, lied to. <laughs> We've only been here a year. It's rained twice. so um, But it's good. I'm, I know everyone's really happy to get some rain, so that's good. Yeah, and actually, you know, I'm, I was actually, you know, being a little facetious in that I've been to San Diego a lot for going to school down there. And I remember the first time it rained, I actually ran outside and laid next to the pool in the rain. So that, cause I, you know, being from Seattle, I was like, holy smokes, it's been a year since I saw rain. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. I feel like, you know, it's when it rains here, it's like Armageddon. Like everyone's like, it's a big old snowstorm because no one knows what to do with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's great. Um, uh, we can talk about this for a long, long time, yeah. but let's, let's talk more about you. Let's, uh, what, what's your story? How did you grow up? Where did you grow up? How did you get from, you know, that to, to here? essential oils and what you're doing today, yeah. So, you know, I, growing up, I grew up in California, all over California, and um, I, you know, when I was really young, I had a series of, of head traumas that led to chronic migraine pain for 15 years, and I, it, it, it ruled my life. I missed school activities, I missed slumber parties, I missed tests, and I was one of those students who really didn't like to miss tests. I was, you know, I was a high achiever. The idea of missing tests really freaked me out, especially in high school and then even into college. And I was told at a very young age, kind of, I want to say 10 or 11, 12, that this was, this was, my, this was my lot in life. I was going to live like this. And I, it broke my heart. I, but I had my meds. I had my drugs. And if I could catch the migraine, then I could function. So that was really all my life's purpose was like, how do I beat this thing so that I didn't get them? So this goes on for 15 years. I become a biochemist because I want to go off to med school to go and help children like myself. I couldn't, I couldn't have been the only one, but I just knew I missed out on so much and I didn't want other kids to feel like they were missing out on so much. I felt like I lost a lot. It didn't cost me a lot of money to be this sick. It probably cost my family money for me to be sick like this, but it felt like I always, you know, I always ask people like, what does that cost you? And it felt like a lot to me. 
But when I was 24, I was a, I was a biochemist at a lab and a good friend of mine or a coworker had told me about this functional practitioner. And she's like, listen, I think that team could have something for you. And I was just like, ah, like I've been down this road. I've been told there's nothing I can do about it. This is it. This is what I get to deal with. And I went because it was on my drive home. It was a 45 minute drive every day. It's Bay area, San Francisco open kind of thing. And so it was like, well, I got to do this drive and I should just stop off at this doctor's office. And in three months time, I was migraine free after 15 years, changed everything, mind blown, paradigm shifted. I was like, what? Like, this isn't possible. And I changed everything. I, I, the, the, my direction in terms of how I wanted to treat in medicine, how I wanted to take care of people, the idea of the body healing. I just couldn't I was just, it was mind blowing. So I really kind of shifted gears, really focused on more holistic type of, of treating people, had a practice with a lot of migraine patients and, uh, and ultimately ended up having a practice with a lot of women who were dealing with hormone issues because so often women get migraines with hormones um, because of the imbalance that happens. We don't really know exactly how it's going down, but we just know that there's a connection there. I myself had my second kind of health crisis. I had hormonal issues, probably because of that type A personality that I was kind of drove myself into the ground and drove myself into hormone chaos. But luckily, I knew at that point that I could get well. So I knew I could fix it. I still feel like hormones at the time, even a decade ago, was kind of taboo. Women, it was just our normality. We suffer. That's how I feel like women feel like about themselves. Like everyone first, we'll take care of this hot mess later. But I realized I was getting those women at 40 and 50 years old in my office, and it was they were kind of at a point of no return. So how do we fix that? So that really became kind of realizing my own second big level struggle and seeing a lot of women were struggling like I was. It kind of transitioned me into, you know, big part nutrition, big part supplementation, like anything we could do to really, really help women get their bodies back on track. And around that time is when I discovered essential oils and I started leveraging those as ways to create powerful self-care for women and also ways to give them instant wins. Because when you're in the throes of being sick, hormone sick or whatever sick that may be, and you're exhausted and you're frustrated, like sometimes we just need something that's going to work and that feels right and feels good. So the oils were just this natural fit that felt a lot better than drinking green juice and green smoothies. Let me tell you, <laughs> I could get someone to do an oil before I could get them to drink a green smoothie. And so, <laughs> really? yes, absolutely. And that was basically that was what that was. If we fast forward to today, voila, here we are. Um, now I'm really just supporting women in that way um, through good lifestyle, good healthy habits, and and the use of these beautiful chemical constituents. Super interesting. And like, was it hard for you to make the transition from traditional medicine to where you are now? Or did, did you just see the light? I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people who are like on different wavelengths as it comes from traditional medicine to like where we're headed now, it seems like with more of this holistic stuff. You know, Again, I was really young when this happened. I was 24 and, you know, still still very impressionable. I think, gosh, when I was 24, I thought I knew everything. Here I am, this little scientist, you know. And then you get your, you're like you said, everything, someone just spins you on your head and you're just like, whoa, 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 what is this? So I really had a chance to transition. I felt like it was a pretty seamless transition. And when you're in that much pain for that many years and then you're not, like I, I, there's no words to really describe that. Um, the, beside, I was just like, 
what I forget this noise over here. I'm going this way. And I, it was the best decision I made. Uh, my, you know, a lot of my family, a lot of, I got a lot of resistance definitely because they were like, well, you were, this was the direction you were going. We liked that direction. But I was like, but look at what happened for me. And so I, and it was the best decision I ever made because I, it, it really aligns with my philosophy around our ability to heal. I think it's true. We really, our bodies want to be back in balance. Our bodies want to work for us. Um, and there's a lot of ways to get our bodies, you know, to do exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. And so what was it that made, what exactly were you taking or doing in order to get rid of the pain for you and get rid of the headaches and whatnot? Absolutely. So a part of it at the time, I didn't realize like, I go back in hindsight and think about all of those experiences. I was dealing with hormones then too. I just didn't know it. Like I said, it was kind of just this thing that we just like over here. So um, I, nutrition was big. So I did, a, I did a big elimination. I was cutting out things like dairy, grains, sugar, alcohol, things like that. So all of that had to go. They were just wanted to see like, is this anything related to, to something gut related? They had me on supplements. Um, and I can't recall all the supplements today. Um, I know that I was on probiotics. I know that I was on digestive enzymes. So again, working on the gut. But then again, this was a full spectrum practice. So they had upper cervical practitioners. So I was under under upper cervical care, which is a very specialized type of chiropractic care. Um, and let's see what else. And I was under acupuncture. So they kind of just threw the gamut at me. And so it wasn't wasn't really clear exactly what 100%. I know that the upper cervical care was huge because things were really thrown off due to the trauma I had. Um, and so they, it was really yucky in there. So that was a big part of it. Uh, but it was kind of a culmination of like, there's a lot of things not right here. Let's, let's do this multifaceted approach. Okay. And so like, how did you take that or how are you taking that now? And how is it moving towards the essential oils and where do they all fit into this whole equation? Absolutely. Well, initially I felt like food was really the big game change. I became obsessed with food. I wrote a bunch of books with food and, um, and I loved it, but what in it, we all know, and I will say to, to this day, food is foundational. You want to get well, you want to support your liver. You want your brain to function better. You want to reduce your, your inflammation. Food is key. I mean, you're either fueling it or you're killing it with food, you, you know, in, ter in terms of your body. And so um, I believe that that's always going to be foundational. But for me, I was taking so many drugs. I was taking so many over-the-counter medications for the pain at, back in the day. And I, I want, and I know my patients were coming in at the same time, taking a lot of meds for sleep, for, for, um, for fatigue, for, um, see what else were they taking it for pain, a lot of pain management, you know, those things. And I was looking for something else. And what I was a big, my, I was a big believer too, is I never wanted my patients to suffer. Like if they like, for instance, migraines, you know, I, even if we had protocols that were designed to get people well, if they had a migraine, I'm like, take your drugs, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't want someone. I'm like, you know, I don't take those. Now that you're on my protocol, I'm going to need you to suffer through that two day migraine. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. So I was looking for something else. I'm looking for someone who was dealing with colds and flus because their, their cortisol levels were shot. I was looking for someone to, to support their respiratory system. And so a good friend of mine um, introduced me to the oils. I was that girl who was immune system compromised because it was, I had so much stress. I got sick on average five to seven times a year, if not more, it really depended um, and it was ridiculous. Like I was so, I was so sick of being tired. I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so was my friend. She was like, I'm tired of this. Like I'm over you getting so sick. 
I think I have something because I was doing elderberry syrup. I was doing vitamin C. I was drinking nasty, nasty tinctures. I, I mean, I was doing the whole bit. I was doing yoga, all the things. And yet I was still getting sick because we had a family practice. So kids would come in and then they would generously give me whatever they had. And so she gave me this oil that was like a combination of rosemary, eucalyptus, wild orange, clove, all these great oils that are great, not only great antivirals, antibacterials, but they're also immune system boosting. She's like, use this. And I was like, all right, you know, because it was like, I think it was October of that year. And I was like, it's coming. The, the wave of illness is it's heading my way. And I started using this oil and I, I didn't even know what to do with it. You know, I was putting it everywhere, any, everywhere I could. I was drinking it in my tea. I was diffusing it in the office, but, and I was overusing it. I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't because I didn't know what to do. I was like putting it all over, you know, <laughs> but I did not get sick for three and a half years from oh. the day I started using that oil. And I have only been sick maybe three times in the last six and a half years. So the, that was the game change for me. I got through that fall without getting sick. And I was like, what is this? What did you put in this? <laughs> so that was kind of the transition. I was like, oh my gosh, what, you, what are these things? What are these oils? And what else can they do? If they can, if they can prevent colds and flus, what else do they got for me? And I started recommending them for headaches and for back pain and for um, you know, insomnia I and mean, I, everything. I was like, here, try this. Let's see what happens. Uh, I had a lot of guinea pigs in the office and everyone was down. I mean, no one wanted to go to Long's or Walgreens to buy a bunch of over-the-counter stuff. And that, I began to realize that these beautiful plant medicines, these plant therapies, had this profound way of creating a lot of health and wellness, but, in a, but not in a way that was damaging us. And so that was really exciting to me. And then I, I started, you know, they just kind of, it just kind of took off like that. So I did more and more research on the oils. I really then began, I was like, well, can they support all these women with hormone issues? and shown up, they could. And so that's when I started recommending them to my patients for, for hormone problems. Okay, what are essential oils? Great question, yeah. So essential oils are kept volatile chemical constituents. They come from all over the plant, depending on the plant. So the leaves, the stems, the barks, um, the flowers, the seeds, they come from all over, it depends. You know, different plants have different types of oils on them. Now. Oils come, or plants, as we all know, they go they come from all over the world. So, you know, you may get your cardamom from Guatemala, you get your jasmine from India, you get your, your frankincense from um, Somalia, um, you can get your, your, your melissa and your lavender and your clary sage from Bulgaria. I'm throwing some out there. So they come from all over the world, and the diff the, all these oils have different chemical constituents. For instance, let's take a lemon oil or a wild orange. Let's take wild orange. So wild orange is known as the oil of abundance. It's like pure, happy bliss. It's an instant energizer bunny. It smells so divine. I always tell people, I dare you to stay angry. Stay, stay mad after you breathe in that oil. It's almost impossible. Like that's how profound that oil is. And what it's made up of is monoterpenes. Um, and one specific monoterpene is known as limonene. And limonene is not only phenomenal for killing germs, it's great for boosting neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And it's also phenomenal for helping to mitigate inflammation in the body. It's like a super win-win. Just breathe that oil and it's doing all those things at once. So that was really what was so exciting to me about that oil, like that just wild orange, for instance, it's just one. So that's what we're leveraging. We're leveraging these beautiful chemical constituents, 
Some oils have five, some oils have a dozen, some oils have a hundred, and then they go in and they have the ability to clean up receptor sites. They have the ability to help repair DNA. They've got the ability to shift your mood. They can, they can help peristalsis. They can stop gut bugs. I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do. Wow. And so do all essential oils act in the same way in the same part of the body or are they all unique? It all, yeah, it really just depends on that, on that chemistry. So different chemistry is going to do, so for instance, um, um, linalool acetate, that is in clary sage, it's in jasmine, it's in lavender, it's a really calming essential oil, you know, and what's so wonderful about it is it will, one, it's great for sleep, it's great for reducing stress levels, we know that it helps to reduce cortisol levels, so amazing for people dealing with chronic stress, um, and, you know, we know cortisol creates all kinds of other problems. Um, it is phenomenal for calming the skin as well. And so there's just a lot of benefits. So I know that, you know, things like clary sage, jasmine, and lavender, in some instances, they could be interchangeable, but then there's a lot of other ways that they are very different. So, but if, let's say I'm, I'm having, I'm, I'm, I have really bad flight anxiety. I don't know why. I fly a lot. It's not fair. <laughs> I get, and it. I get it. <laughs> I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane in, just, in like two days. And so I'm always on a plane. And so I've got my oils. I got my little, this is actually I'll show you. It's my little, it's right here. I always have it right in my oil pack. And in here is my, I got my anxiety oils, right? I got my, and I know, but let's say I forgot one, like the one I love. Well, luckily I know that if I don't have that one, I most likely have something similar. So like, let's say, let's say the combination for anxiety is, is lavender and vetiver, let's just say. And yeah, that can be, yes. So let's say I have that pre-made up and it's my flight, my flight, like save yourself flight blend, you know, and, and let's say I'm looking in my bag and I'm like, Ooh, oh my God, it's not here, you know? And so then, <laughs> then, uh, then more anxiety ensues, right? When your oil is in there. <laughs> But then I just go and grab another one. Like uh, maybe I have clary sage in here, or maybe I have um, maybe I have wild orange. I do know that those are both really calming, and they can they can help support that anxious moment. So they can be similar, but again, they do all do have they all have their own unique distinctive properties. Okay, and how about the differences in how you ingest them? Um, Great question. You know, what what's happening when you do different things when you're breathing it versus you know taking it in your mouth or you know? Yeah, absolutely. So the most, the most easiest, the most effective, um, the safest, I mean, for the most part, they're pretty safe, you know, but I mean, can you overdo it? Yes. And, you know, can you put oregano on your arm and it, that's going to burn? So like you got to be mindful about some of these oils. Um, so, um, so when it comes to the safest and easiest ways to use them, it's going to be aromatic. So either diffusing them in a diffuser, it's the easiest way to use them is diffusing them in a diffuser. Or you could take a drop on your palms like this, breathe it in. And what happens when you breathe in an oil, like I have wild orange right here. And what happens when you breathe in this oil, which is literally my happy oil, I just love it, is that not only is that oil going to go straight, no holds barred into the limbic brain because our sense of smell is our number one survival sense. It is like hundreds of times more powerful than any other sense, a sense of, 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 of vision, sense of touch but our sense of smell will save our lives. So when it comes to breathing something in, instead of modulating it through the brainstem or the, or the thalamus, your brain's like, bring it on in. So it goes straight into the limbic brain and that is your stranger danger center. Like that is where 
we are figuring out like who is that dude behind me like what's going on there that that is that's kind of that's where we house memory emotion and our entire um, hormone system like our master control system is right in the limbic brain so that is profound you get those oils right up in there big things can happen but then by breathing it in those chemical constituents are so tiny they go into the lungs they go into the alveoli and bam they are in the bloodstream in less than 60 seconds upon contact so they're already going to work maybe your liver needs some support maybe your blood cells need some support you know it really just depends on what the body really needs it's kind of like eating a blueberry i always ask people like what what does a blueberry do what does a blueberry do like what's the benefits of blueberries like we know it's great for memory i always hear like eat blueberries for memory you know you always hear about that but the thing of it is is that blueberries are made up of polyphenols and minerals and vitamins and fiber and then it goes into the system it gets digested it's broken down and then your body gets to decide what it wants to do with it your liver is like, I need a piece of that action. Your brain's like, you know what? I could use some blueberries today. So the same kind of thing with the oils too, is your body's just kind of figuring out what it needs. So you may be using an oil for something very specific, but those chemical constituents are in the body. They're going to work. So it, there's a really, it's really interesting, like following the chemistry of oils in the body, and we're learning more and more every day. So the fastest way to get them in into the system is going to be by breathing them in. The next way is topical. So let's say I, I, I ate pizza yesterday. Let's just say I didn't because I'm on a detox. Let's just, and I know I'm not supposed to eat pizza. <laughs> and my stomach is like, what did you just do to me? So like oils like ginger, fennel, peppermint, those are all, not only will they quell some of that, the, the gas, the bloating, but also um, the smooth muscles that are experiencing that discomfort, they can relax smooth muscles. So you put a blend like a combination of ginger, fennel, and peppermint, and within five, like I would say five minutes flat, that discomfort, that awful feeling you're having will be gone. So topical is really powerful as well. So I always tell people, area of concern you've got neck pain or you've got headaches you're going to be applying it like this is my headache blend right in here so you would be applying it wherever that issue is you know um if you've got knee issues or you've got respiratory or you've got sinus stuff right you can you're going to put the oils where the problem is and because you're applying them topically to that area they get into the bloodstream they get into that that area of concern pretty quickly and they go to work so like for moms, for families, even for us, like we have no drugs in the house. Our number one um, first aid is oils first. And then if that doesn't work, then we know we have other options. So you come to my house, you ain't going to find Tylenol. You're not going to find Tums. You're going to find any of that. You're going to find oils. We're, and we got an oil for everything. So that's how we operate here. <laughs> Last but not least is internal. Why would anyone even take oils internally? And let me tell you, a lot of the oils on the market, meh. They're not, they're not, it depends on what the company's doing with them. So you gotta be really careful. You always wanna look for an oil that's got a, um, um, there's a little supplement label on there. So I know I can add wild orange to whip coconut milk or to green smoothies or, yeah, I do, we do a lot with this one. This is a great flavor booster or like organic hot chocolate with wild orange. It's just so delicious. So we use that as a flavor booster as well, but there's a lot of oranges on the market that are, and they'll even say, do not consume this oil. So I don't know what they did with it, but I don't, I don't want to know. So you want to make sure that you're using a good oil, but it really depends. Like if you, you can stabilize blood sugar levels with essential oils like cinnamon, you can support gut, gut microbiome with oils like 
fennel and peppermint and ginger, clove, rosemary. These are all great oils for that. Um, you can help um, create decreased inflammation in the body with oils like copaiba, frankincense, yarrow. So it just really depends on what the purpose of it. You know, I have two different, I have both of my grandparents, all my grandparents are alive. And both of my grandpas are really struggling right now. One's got cancer and one's got neurological degeneration. And they're older. You know, look, they're my grandparents, for goodness sakes, right? And so um, frankincense is a big oil for both of my grandpas. And so I, I tend to stock up on frankincense and send it their way. One grandpa uses it because he's got numbness in his hands and, and, and he's just struggling in that way. And then my other grandpa's using it for cellular support while he's going through chemo. And so, you know, for different reasons, that oil is going to really support both of those men in my life and they use it religiously and have found great benefit from it. So it just really depends on the purpose for internal usage. I don't want people just willy nilly just drinking oils all the time. I want there to be a real reason for why we do it. Hey guys, Joe here. I just want to take a quick break in the action to tell you about something really cool that I've been working on. It is programming that I am writing for you. It's over at thegetbetterproject.com. So if you head over to thegetbetterproject.com, you can sign up for programming that includes stuff that you could do with all of the equipment. So in the gym, in your garage gym, or you know, if you're hauling around 400 pounds of van like I am, you could use that programming. And I also have a body weight version, all right? So it's the same style of programming, but it's done if you don't have any equipment available to you. So you could do it in your living room or whatever you may have available to you. And I'm also going to be writing a kettlebell version because a lot of times it's really easy to just throw a kettlebell in your car, or have a kettlebell rather than having all that equipment. And you can get great workouts with one to two kettlebells. I usually program them for just having one because I usually have one. So I'm trying to let you guys know what I am doing to stay in awesome shape with just having a kettlebell. So head over to the getbetterproject.com and you will find a way to sign up for the programming. It's daily Monday through Saturday programming. We usually take Sunday off, even though I only recommend that you're doing, you know, five days a week maximum. So I program for every day just in case you didn't have the ability to get one of the days in and you didn't want to go back and look at it. So I'm trying to take care of all of that for you. There's videos for each of the programs so that you can see what the movement should look like. I'm trying to make it as comprehensive as possible for you. And if you sign up, you will also be able to interact with me personally on the private Facebook group. So head over to thegetbetterproject.com and I would love to start programming for you today. Okay. And how does someone usually find themselves needing an oil or like, how do they know when they're like, Oh shoot, I'm out of balance and I need something that's hopefully not going to their doctor and getting prescribed a bunch of pills. Good question. Yeah. I mean, I think it, there is definitely a bit of a learning curve of knowing which ones it is. Um, and I, and I, so I've got books on it. I took care of that. I saw that problem. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I got you. I got everybody. No, um, I think you know, that's a great question. I think it's really knowing the oils. Like for instance, if I had a top five list, it would be peppermint, lavender, frankincense, tea tree, and lemon. I think that that's pretty much everyone's go-to first aid. You can make over your green cleaning. You can you can disinfect things. You can kind of deal with like when I think of peppermint, I think of I think of things like headaches, digestive support, respiratory support, pain and inflammation. I mean that oil is such a jack of all trades. Like you'll if you ever catch me on the street, you ever see me, you ask me. You're like, where's that? You got a peppermint? And I'm gonna be like, you know I do. You know, so I always have a peppermint oil on me. I always have a lavender oil on me. 
So, you know, because most those two oils can really solve so many issues. Like we were in, I forget where we were, probably in Mexico about nine months ago. And I, uh, mosquitoes love me, like nobody else, like only me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, I have a bug repellent that I use for mosquitoes in case, but in case someone slips past me or like the bug repellent wears off and I didn't realize it weared off, um, lavender oil will knock that, that sting out in a couple seconds. Like I am always just rolling lavender over mosquito bites and it just, you'll watch it just shrink. Like, um, like it was never there. It's so cool. So, um, so that I love lavender for that. I can even use my little, my little lavender roller. Just in case. I just, you just, it's like a spot on, you know, you think someone gets hurt. You're just like, hey, let me just roll some lavender on it. <laughs> so I, I mean, you'd have to do a little bit of research, I would say to know, um, but you know, when in, I always say when in doubt, if anything calming, skin calming, um, mood calming, sleep calming, lavender is your go-to oil. Anything cooling, you want to cool down, you know, a, a, a sore knee, you want to cool down the digestive system, you want to support airways, it's going to be something like a peppermint. Um, so it just kind of really, really depends. And you don't really need to have a lot of oils to make a big difference in your family's health and, you don't, and to really create some solutions. I don't travel with 50 oils. I travel with like 10, you know, and so you know, I don't need, and that may also seem like a lot to people, I understand, but we really do need to travel with 10 oils everywhere we go. Um, but we just, it's kind of like the bare necessities, you know, so anything that pops up, um, we're kind of, we're prepared for any little emergency. Cool. Let's talk about hormones. It sounds like you're an expert in the hormones. First of all, how does somebody detect when their hormones are getting out of, out of balance? Mm. The second you feel like a hot mess. No, I'm kidding. So let me, <laughs> I'm kidding. So there are key indicators. Now, if you're looking, you know, normally you, so often women are like, something isn't right. I don't feel right. Um, they're exhausted. They're not sleeping throughout the night. They've got crazy cravings. They're putting on weight for what seems like no reason whatsoever. Um, their, their PMS symptoms are getting worse. They got fibrocystic breasts. So like, like there's just things that are not brain fog is happening. Their stress resilience is gone. Like anyone could say anything at any time and bam, you know? So those are the types of things that usually women are like, something isn't right. I don't feel right. And that's when it's really a good idea to go get tested. Now, my favorite definitive test, and you can order this because a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of um, primary doctors, even OBGYNs are not ordering it. So I apologize. We're just not there yet. We're really not there for women's health where we need to be. <laughs> it's, I don't know how we're in like 2018 and I have to say that, but it's true. So the Dutch test. And the cool thing about it is that you can order it. You can do it um, at home. You would need someone to interpret those results, though. And there's a lot of functional practitioners out there that can interpret those results. But that's going to be the definitive. Not only will it show you what levels are going on, but it'll show you how those hormones are being metabolized. How are you using them in the system is really just as important as knowing what levels they are. So that would be the big indicator. You know, would look at a lot of those reproductive hormones across the board, including um, including your, um, your survival hormones, your, your adrenal driven hormones as well. So that's kind of a, kind of where we would start. Do you recommend that people hit or when they hit a certain age that they go ahead and get that testing done first and foremost, or do you actually wait for them to feel off? 
And that is a great question. You know, we're seeing younger and younger women struggling with hormone issues. Um, usually it's around 40 where things start to shift, right? We start to see a kind of like a roller coaster of things. Our hormones are beginning to, because it, it's, it's a natural progression that we do lose hormones over time. We are going to lose we're going to lose estrogen and progesterone over time. It's just how do we manage that with ease and grace? However, what we're finding with, with a lot of stress, not even just, just perceived stress, but um, chemical stress, um, physical stresses that we're finding that we're throwing our hormones off. I always have to tell people that our hormones are really just trying to catch up with the lifestyle that we're living. That's their job is all of our hormones are just working with, the, with how we operate and so if things are going awry, even in our 20s or even early 30s, like it happened for me, that's really a good time to get checked. I mean, I think it's worth checking, you know, around 40 years old, just to make sure everything's in alignment that you're kind of, you know, but usually the cool thing about, about your hormones and your body in general is there's a lot of things that you can do um, that don't necessarily, like you don't necessarily need to get tested to start making changes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what kind of changes when somebody f figures out that they have some sort of an imbalance, like let's say their adrenal glands are not doing so well or whatnot, um, how do they attack that with these oils? Like, and what's going to happen? And what's the, I guess the timeline as well, because I know that there's a lot of, you know, adrenal fatigue type stuff that goes around and, you know, taking a lot of time off to let your body recover. Absolutely. Well, what we're really finding is not really the adrenals, because your adrenals are kind of like the, the receivers of information that are then just doing their job. What we're finding is it's not necessarily an adrenal issue. It's really a brain issue. It's okay. the perception of that. And so we, in particular, the, the, it's called the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So it's the relaying of that information and that feedback loop that's constantly like, oh, no, there's a really bad person behind us. We got to do something about it. Let's go into survival mode. Well, your body can't distinguish that from you're running late to that meeting. You know, you're about to miss that flight. Your body doesn't know the difference between the two of those. Um, so it's, it's really about kind of figuring out how we can damper that particular system, that HPAA access system. Because like for me, even when I've had a really terrible cortisol levels and things have been off, my adrenals are just, they're fine. They're humming. They're, they're like, your adrenals are great. They're doing their job. So it was, it's never usually the adrenals. It's usually what's happening inside of the, in the, in the limbic brain. So what oils can do. So what's so great about oils. And I just want to preface with the fact that I feel like one of the biggest precursors to hormone hormonal imbalance is really the stress that we're receiving, that the, the way that we're living our life. And so cortisol, because it's the main survival hormone and it's dictating, it's running the show. It's like, it's like the bad boss who keeps dumping papers on your desk right when you're about to leave work at 5 p.m. That is cortisol. It is like, you all need to get to work. And it, that's its job because the, the most primary thing of, this, of our human bodies, of us, of the species, is to survive and to be a, a, a to be successful biologically. You've got to pass down your genes two generations. So that's it's your body's only two really directives: is one survive, two to pass down those genes. That's that's really it. Now, mind you, life is way more than that <laughs> than than those two things. But that's that's why you know cortisol really gets a chance to kind of take over everything in the body. So we, I feel like that's so often, you know, cortisol can deregulate progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, 
thyroid, insulin. I mean, all of it can go imbalanced if cortisol is off. So I love oils because oils have been researched to lower serum cortisol levels. You can actually, so what happens when, when we're feeling perceived stress, we upregulate that access that I talked about. And, and the, the more that we continue to upregulate, upregulate it, upregulate it, we start to break the system. We start to continue to pour cortisol through and it starts to create that chaos that, that women begin to feel. We've got to figure a way to kind of bring that back down, that, that, that process that's happening in the brain, that neurological pathway that keeps getting refired over and over again. Because the less stress resilience you have, the more you feel you, you continue to create that less stress resilience. It just kind of is this domino effect. So we gotta get we gotta get back to here what's going on in that perception. And oils, if you've got an oil, let's say I call it like my stress be gone blend, which is just a roller like this, 20 drops of, of lavender and bergamot just those two oils and you put them on your palms because the fastest way to breathe it in, if it's in a roller, you put on your palms, do that, take three to five deep belly breaths. I actually have a, a, a actually a de-stressing technique that I, I recommend to patients, but you, um, and I'll, I can talk about that in a second if you like, but just breathing those oils in shuts it down, down regulates that whole process and stops the flood of cortisol in the system. And in a matter of 60 seconds, you can lower your pulse pain point, you can, roll your, you can lower your pulse, you can lower your heart rate, you can lower your blood pressure and lower your cortisol levels. And so for me, it's the most easiest emergency grab. Like when you start to, cause you know when you're feeling stressed, either you're finding yourself being a little bit more snippy snappy or you, your, your heart is racing a little bit, or you can just, you can sense that feeling like something isn't right. That is when you grab the oil. So I carry my stress oils with me everywhere because I have a, a higher, I feel like I have a little bit of a higher propensity for stress. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's why I keep, keep kept getting in trouble all those years. <laughs> So I keep that oil close. And so I know my triggers. I always say that the, that the unexpected solution to radical self-healing is awareness. And if you know when you're feeling stressed or you know when your body isn't right, you can then begin to make health, healthy lifestyle choices to, to protect yourself. So if, I'm, if, if indeed it's no surprise that all of my, the women in my family have the same hormone issues, it's because we all act the same way. I mean, it's, it's the way that we are. And so I, I just set, you know, I, all of my family, all the women in my family all have these oils because I want us to be ready for those moments and to be set up for success. So I always say that I'm my mother's daughter because, man, we whoo, hack the same So what's this practice that you have that you teach people in order to deal with yeah. the stress? So here is the technique. So it called the power of the pause. And the great thing about the power of the pause is that it will, the purpose is it's supposed to take you from sympathetic to parasympathetic. So from fight or flight, clutch the pearls moments to relaxation. And it's really about shifting those neurological pathways. Because if your brain is trained to constantly fire like there's an emergency and you've got to clutch those pearls, then you're going to keep finding yourself in a state of chronic stress. So you want to change the way that goes. So how this technique works is you grab an oil, usually a calming oil. Let's just use lavender because everyone loves it. So grabbing lavender, put a drop of lavender on our palms, rub our palms together because I want to get that topical experience too. Let's get them in the system that way. 
Then you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to hold it for five seconds on the top and then breathe it on out. And on the bottom breath, like when you breathe out all the stress, all the worry, all the concern, you're going to hold it for five seconds there. So you're going to count down five and then you're going to breathe back in, hold it, count down five, all the while breathing in the oils as well. And you do that five to 10 times. And by the time, even by the fifth breath, you have rewired the system to go back into parasympathetic. And what's so great about this technique is that over time, you will shift your stress resilience. Things that lit you up, things that rocked your world two months ago, you're just, it's not going to have that effect on you. You're going to change the way that your body perceives stress in the moment. And that will in turn lower cortisol levels, lower the way that you respond to stressors. It will change everything in that biochemistry of that fight or flight versus parasympathetic. Do you like people to wait for the uh, situation to come up or do you like to put the, have them put this into a practice on a daily, even if they don't have a stressor coming up? I think that it's great to do it three, at least three times a day. So morning, lunch, and evening, but then also have it in your back pocket if you are feeling stressed. You know, it's such an easy thing to just stop, take a moment and reset the system. And I think that's, we just got to get more used to that. You know, we're not going to stop the barrage of text messages. We're not going to, you know, you never know when your best friend's going to text you something crazy, you know, that's always going to continue to happen. You know, we, um, we were heading to Las Vegas and we were going to go see my grandparents, see my grandfather, the one who's got cancer. And I get the text message two days ago that he slipped in the garage and he broke his femur. And so they're not going to get to see us. And we just, yeah. It's, and I was like, and I remember I was in the middle of meeting with one of my team members. And then I, I don't know why I looked at my phone. I shouldn't even have been in it. And then I get this text and my grandma's like, all systems alert. Your grandfather just broke his femur. And like, this, you know, it's not good. These things can't keep happening because, you know, we're really worried. And so, um, you know, you, you have to man that moment is you like the first thing you think you're like, okay, okay. So-and-so I got to go make this call. I got to call my grandma. My, my grandfather's hurt. And now we can't see them. We got to change our, our hotel plans, our flight plans. Everything's got to change. It's all like that. Right. And so it kind of puts you in that space where you feel anxious. You feel like, oh shoot, like everything just kind of fell apart. And, um, and so that's, those are those moments where it's really wonderful that you've got these techniques up your sleeve because those things are going to happen. Those external factors are going to come in. How you manage those moments are really how we dictate the way our health is defined. And is, is there more to the complete self care that you talk about? Um, Absolutely. Oh yeah. Self care. Yes. I mean, I think the first step in self care is really the belief that you deserve it. Um, I feel like with women, um, in particular, I know I, myself, um, the way I got, the reason why I got sick is I was, I was brought up in this beautiful Latina family, but I was brought up that my worth was predicated on how much I did for everyone else in the family, how much I did for everyone else in general. Like if you look at the list of people I took care of, I no, I was not on that list. I was never on the list. You could not find me anywhere, not even on the bottom. <laughs> so it, we really shifting that belief in self-care is so important. But then I'm a big proponent of having a morning routine and an evening routine. I think how you start the day and how you end the day is so critical. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Louise Hay that says, how you start your day is how you live your life. 
And it's so true. I remember, I remember growing up and I was like a Tasmanian devil on lipstick, like just running through the house, like barely getting clothes on, you know, to, and it was just chaos. And it felt like chaos the rest of the day. Bad decisions were made in terms of my health, you know, eating things that weren't, a pro, that weren't serving me. So I think when you take the time to make yourself the priority first, we are so much more productive. We are so much more well-intended in terms of what we want to do with our day. We set the tone for what we want. And for me, that is that is gratitude journaling. For me, that's using my oils every morning, wild orange and peppermint to wake up my brain and oxygenate my lungs. Um, it's drinking 16 to 20 ounces of water every morning before I even eat anything. Um, it's taking my supplements. It is moving my body through yoga or through like either taking a walk outside because I can do that in San Diego right now. <laughs> and so it's, it's all of these things that I do every morning. It takes about a half hour or so, but it's it just, my day is so much better. It's so much, I feel like I, I, I have ownership of my day. And, and, you know, the second we get into our phones or into our email, literally we are someone else's priorities. We are, we, whatever you thought you were going to do for you, it's gone. So morning and evening routines, so important. I, I couldn't agree more. I have, I have morning and evening, evening routines myself, and I think that I have a lot that I could learn from you. So this is really interesting stuff. Um, I wanted to touch on sugar, though. Um, bef- yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I think that so many people, in my opinion, have these issues with sugar and sugar cravings and whatnot. So I, I'd really love to hear what your thoughts are on that and how people can work through it. Well, I just told you what my thoughts were on that. <laughs> I feel, oh man, sugar is the devil. I always tell people, I always say that sugar is the bad boyfriend that your mama told you never to date. And yet you keep on going back to him. That's what <laughs> sugar is. And he's got tattoos and he's on the motorcycle, you know, all that. So <laughs> although my husband has tattoos and so do I, but um, <laughs> so sugar. So, oh goodness, talk, you know, sugar will get you in just as much trouble as perceived stress, you know, a chemical stressor like sugar, you know, I think about like things like Alzheimer's and diet and, and, and dementia being stage three diabetes, you know, sugar is really what's killing us more than anything. And we use sugar for a lot of, not only is it addictive, but we often are craving it because of so many other things going on in our life. Stress, exhaustion. I know sugar was my go-to exhaustion. I mean, when my mama was growing up, because she's, again, she's like me, she went to work and she would have a coffee cup, like literally like this, a coffee cup filled with coffee and another one filled with peanut M&Ms. And this is how she did her day every single day for years. Right. And I mean, I can, I think a lot of people who can relate to that. I cannot imagine surviving on peanut M&Ms and coffee every single day. Oh my goodness. Um, I, sugar is something else. I'm not, I'm not eating any sugar at the moment. Um, I go through many bouts of not eating sugar, but you know, it's, it is definitely an epidemic in its own right. And one of the things I love about oils, cause you know, I got a cure all for that sugar craving is, is, is literally oil. So research has demonstrated that peppermint and grapefruit essential oil um, are not only appetite suppressants, and I'm not to say that one should be using those for appetite suppressants, but they, they are what they are. So they are appetite suppressants, but they're also craving suppressors, major craving suppressors. So I always tell people, like, I, I always tell people to make up a blend. You can make up a roller, 20 drops of each, top it off with fractionated coconut oil and have it on hand. You can make up a pre-made blend of grapefruit and peppermint oil, like in a bottle like this, just kind of this size. 
and have it so you can put it in like one drop in like a 20 ounce container of water. And if you're sipping on that or you're using that during those moments of a sugar craving, you can overcome it. You can crush that craving right then and there. So that would be my solution for sugar cravings. But if you want me to go into sugar, I can go into sugar more than that. But I just wanted to give someone something, you know, like, and the thing of it is, I always say cravings are an unmet need. They're never, your, your liver never said it wanted that sugar or that candy bar. Like your liver is like, what do I have to do to break that stuff down? Like does not want that job. And so I always say it's either boredom or exhaustion or it's emotional or it's stress. It's usually one of the, the one of those things, right? And, you know, a craving usually lasts about three minutes, give or take, like the danger zone of that craving is three minutes. You just have to get through that danger zone. And oils are one of the best techniques. One of the only things that I know that can literally subside a craving that comes out of nowhere. Interesting. So I've, I've learned and talked to a lot of people about habits. So do you have, you know, you get this sugar craving, do you try and replace that habit of going to the sugar with an oil or that's in your water or do you have any kind of system like that? Yeah. So it's, it's really about instead of grabbing that kind bar, that's like my sugar. I mean, like that's the, <laughs> I don't even allow kind bars in the house, but let's say my <laughs> husband sneaks a kind bar in like that's no one wants to come to my house. Like you're not going to find anything in his house. So um, we, I'm a big, I don't believe that we have enough willpower to keep it in the house. And I am one of the most disciplined people you'll ever meet. My husband, not so much. He really struggles with the discipline. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I could walk right past ice cream. I could walk right past that cupcake and not even flinch, you know, and that's not for everybody, but you know, Alex tends, my husband tends to sneak things into the house, you know, and usually it's a kind bar. It's usually the one thing I'll like, okay, you can have that. But right now there's no kind bars in the house, but let's just say it's the kind bar, you know, you're, you're, it's 3 PM. You're trying to grab for that sucker. And instead I, we always have oils at our desks. So I always have oils at our workstations. We have oils in the kitchen. So we literally have set our house up or our office up so that we will grab the oil first. So the second I start to feel a craving, I don't go into the kitchen. I don't go anywhere near it. I just grab my oil, take some deep belly breaths and just let myself reset Um, other ways that you can set yourself up for success for sugar is always making sure that you're eating protein in every meal, right? Making sure that you're feeling full. The other thing is a big one is just finding ways to distract yourself from craving. So if you get a craving, instead of heading to the kitchen or heading to the office, you know, rec room or whatever that is, you just go outside or you do a lap around or you call a friend or you listen to a song that you love, like whatever it is, that's your key distraction. That's going to be huge. And then also I'm a big fan of someone take just doing a journal inventory every like for seven days of, of what you eat and what I'm not necessarily, what I'm really looking for there is you recognizing your triggers. Where is that you, where are you, where are you cheating? Is it three o'clock every single day? You know, is, is there a, is there a French bakery that opened up, you know, a block and a half away from your office between that and Pete's, because that's what happened to me. You know, (laughs) that's what I knew where my sugar trigger, my, my moment was. And so you'll start to recognize in that seven day journal, okay, where is it that I'm, is it like 10 PM you're watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I'm watching right now, season two. Um, Is that when you cheat? Like, when is it? So that you begin to recognize your triggers and you have an oil in front of you at all times, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. If, if people were interested in, you know, diving into oils, what do you recommend to them? Are they, should they come and see someone like you and get a whole, you know, 
whole life system for themselves or do you recommend that they you know buy a couple of blends or how do you approach that you know if they're listening to this they're like what's their next step yeah i would say i mean it's good to have you know that's a great question uh, it's you know i don't you know no one's ever asked me that before i mean clearly they can find someone like myself and you know what i do is so often as i look at what's going on someone tells me their biggest concerns and i i say okay well if this is the solutions you're looking for let's start with these four oils that are addressing these particular problems however you can like i said i mentioned those top five that really just solve a lot of those concerns a lot of people come to me because they want to create a non-toxic home. They don't want to use chemicals anymore. We're finding our lives aren't better by chemicals. And, you know, it's so, so often people are like, well, what are the top five that I can use to just kind of do an overhaul in the home? And that's why I wrote my first book, The Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils. And it wasn't just for moms because I'm not a mama, you know, um, so I just get letting people know that. And a lot of people think I am because I wrote the book. And no, it was just we wanted to make over our home. I, I wanted to get rid of those endocrine disruptors that were messing with my hormones. And I wanted I wanted a safer solution that felt right, that wasn't going to over time wreck my liver and create inflammation in the body. And so um, the Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils really gives me my, it's a top 25 list. It tells you how to use the top 25 oils. That's a great reference guide to start. Um, it deals with any, any kind of concerns around safety or how to use them. And then it goes into how do you make over the medicine cabinet? How do you make over the cleaning cabinet? How do you make over the your personal care? And then I have a whole chapter on self-care rituals that I love and relish. And so that's a good start. You know, if you're looking for it, it's, it's like $10 on Amazon or something like that. Um, but just grabbing those top five oils, I mean, clearly you'll need to know what to, how to use them. I do have a lot of great information on my website. Like literally I'd use those five oils and to kind of get you your, yourself started in that direction. Okay, great. And if people want to find out more about you and obviously like get their hands on some of these books or follow you, get started, how do, how do they do that? Absolutely. So you can, so I have a podcast as well. It's called Essentially You Podcast. And I, it's, it's all about becoming the CEO of your own health. So giving people the tool sets to really create those healthy habits. Um, I do have a new book coming out. It's called The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. So if it was someone looking for hormone remedies, right here baby and then um the last place on instagram i'm always sharing recipes and fun tips and all kinds of goodies and it's just dr marisa d-r-m-a-r-i-c-a at dr marisa so on insta awesome very cool well i've had fun talking with you today um and anybody that wants to get a hold of any of these links that marisa is talking about you can get to them let's say you're driving go to allaroundjoe.com slash 173 that's allaroundjoe slash 173 allinroundjoe.com slash 173. And uh, Marisa, I really appreciate it. This has been super fun to learn more about oils and I'm going to have to get myself started as well because I think that it's very interesting and it it makes so much sense. So, Well, I love them for marathoners. A little peppermint oil when you're running is just amazing. Oh, we could have a whole nother podcast on how to, you know. Yeah, use them on athletes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, we might have to set that up for for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope that you have a great day. Enjoy that rain in San Diego, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That was my interview with Dr. Marisa Snyder. If you guys would like to get to the show notes to check out any of the links, any of the books that she talked about, any of the products that she talked about, etc., go to allaroundjoe.com slash 173. That was some great stuff if you guys need to get your body back in 
line like shoot y'all know that i have needed to do that in the past so head over to allandre.com slash 173 to get all the information i know i'm going to start looking more and more into essential oils for myself get them diffusing into the van or having them on hand here to start doing some Really interesting stuff. I really love the idea of going from sympathetic to parasympathetic with the breathing techniques as well as the oils there so that we can help our bodies to recover faster. That's what I was thinking about while she was talking about it. How can I make myself recover faster? And that's one of those things that I'm going to start doing for sure. So like I said, if you guys want to get at the show notes, go to allandre.com slash 173 and you will get all of the goods there from my podcast with essential oils expert, Dr. Marisa Snyder. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this show. If you have any questions, just drop them down below wherever you're watching or listening to this and we'll see you soon. The All Around Joe Podcast. We optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement joke. I will see you on the next podcast.